Breathe, breathe through, your, through nose. your nose. Well, just regular breathing. I mean, yeah, just not, regular, not reactive breathing. <laughs> not reactive breathing. <laughs> <laughs> It's what's tricky for the reactive types is there is some truth to if you want to be present in the world, there is suffering. But like we're invested in that story and you have to be willing to see actually there's real truth that we miss by being negative. The big hormone enneagram. Hi, I'm John Lukovich, uh, sexual self-president with Biowing 458 Trifix. Hi, I'm David Gray, self-president sexual 9 with 1974 Trifix. What up, it's Emika. I'm an 8-wing 7, sexual self-president with 854 Fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy. I am a self-president sexual 3-wing 4 with a... If you like our podcast, guys, make sure you go like and subscribe on the Apple Podcast app. And if you really like us, you should definitely leave us a review. Okay. Hey, what are we doing? What the hell are we doing? What is this? We're we're doing uh, the assholes of the Enneagram 468. Oh. So that's why we had Courtney on. Yeah. She's the worst one, you know. If I knew you were going to frame it that way, I wouldn't. (laughs) Yeah, we uh I guess we went in hard on the positive types and we've gotta we gotta go in hard on ourselves here and as awesome as reactive types are. Well after after that pod, uh Courtney and I were texting and talking and uh Courtney had some interesting things to say about reactivity and um mm. gosh, I'm I'm trying to remember I can't can't locate where because I was writing notes as we were talking, but basically, Courtney, uh we were talking about like what each type feels like they're giving up by giving up their strategy or feels like uh they would be giving up if they integrated the other two strategies and i I, something something along those lines it was very interesting you mean the other two strategies of the other harmonic harmonic the other reactive types no like the like positive outlook like if you give up positive outlook what does that invite oh i see i see give up reactivity what does that invite I mean, I think there's, as I was listening to the Positive Outlook podcast, I was starting to like think through, okay, well, like, why does this matter? Like, what do I do with this? And I mean, I think that there's, you know, one interesting thing, which is like, just when you think about trying to figure out who people are, understanding that this is like a fun, like the harmonic groups are a fundamental way of classifying the different types. But then even within each of those as you said, like each one of the positive outlook types does it in a certain way. And so understanding like some of those distinctions. And then I started thinking about, well, like as a reactive type, like what do I care about? Like what positive outlook people are doing? Um, And I care to the extent that I've got to interact with them and figure out what's going on. But then also there, each of those are sort of like a different lens on how you process emotions. And so I started thinking about like why we choose those lenses and the stories we have that keep those lenses kind of perpetuating. Um, Why do I think the reactive type, it's not even that I think it's better, but what assumptions are going on inside me 
that lead me to have that be my default way of dealing with emotion. Mm. And I think it's like looking at those assumptions that helps you sort of unpack to the extent like each of these is a lens, they're all a distortion of reality. And if you want to sort of expand yourself, what are the assumptions you have to challenge in order to take on other lenses? Yeah. And and not only take on other lenses, but like, I think that the harmonics are like so, so core fundamental of what the type is, you know, like sometimes I think that they're talked about as some kind of like flavor add on, but I mean, six Mm -hmm. eight and four as just the example are like so fundamental reactive and uh you know nine two and seven are so fundamentally positive outlook and and it's just like it's part of the the being of those types and and what that means and um to be those types and like i think one of the things that courtney and i were speaking to is what do we risk losing if we were to give up or just not even give up but uh, relax the our harmonic stance, whatever it is. So in case of reactivity, like, you know, as a four, I think I'm giving up depth. <laughs> you know, I think like the, the not bringing reactivity forward, not, it's not conscious, but not bringing it forward is like sacrificing depth. And I think truth for, for six, and I think realness or power or, you know, that vitality of eight uh, it feels like you're giving that shit up when you have to like, unless you go hard on reactivity. Yeah. I was just going to say, it's interesting to me just as a basic thing with the harmonic groups. And maybe this is obvious, but it's like reactive types are negative, positive outlooks, positive and competency types are going for a machine like neutrality. Mm-hmm. That's one way to frame up the whole thing. Positive, negative, neutral. Well, and I was thinking that each of those uh, each of the strategies of the harmonic groups is a way of disconnecting from your heart, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm. Say more about that. I mean, it'd be interesting to hear what the other types say, but for me, as I was studying and learning more and more about the enneagram, like understanding that, especially for the six, this like superficial rolling of emotion. I'm angry and resentful. I'm pissed. I'm sad. I'm scared over and like all of that. That feels like a wave of emotion, but that's not the same thing as sort of connecting to my heart and connecting to like a deeper sense of self, but I kind of mistake it for it. Like that's, if you ask me like, am I like, am I in touch with my emotions? I'd say yes. And what's my proof. I like, I've got this full range that I can do you know, a hundred times over, over the course of the day. And I don't need to go any deeper than that because I'm on the surface of this wave when that's actually not true. Um, the deep, if those emotions were to quiet, I mean, you would still observe them and accept them, but you, if you didn't like kind of roll with them, there'd be something underneath. And that's actually sort of the deeper connection to self and what's, what your emotional center or your emotional intelligence is really perceiving in that moment. Hmm. I, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I think that, um, since we're just getting into it, you know, like, uh, four, six, eight are reactive types in the harmonic groups, uh, harmonic groups divide nine types into three, uh, strategies for dealing with, um, 
dealing with things with conflict with with I mean conflict in a big and small sense, but uh, and they become sort of approaches to life. And uh, so, and and what's interesting is eight is the body reactive type. Four mm-hmm. is the emotional reactive type, and six is the mental reactive type. And to what Courtney's speaking to, uh, yeah, it's like it. There's a lot of energy in reactivity. There's a lot of energy there, and it can seem to the reactive person that they are experiencing a lot of their feelings and emotions. But in a certain way, it's a discharge. In a certain way, it's like there's some space between letting what I'm having the uh, worked up reaction to, uh, it's, it's keeping it in a certain place where it's not touching me because I, I think that, and it's, it's almost being discharged and pushed out because I think that, uh, when we're actually really sensitive to an impression or a feeling, um, not to say that reaction is good or bad or goes one way or another, but it, that it does, it touches us and it changes us in some way. And, and part of, uh, I think, reactivity is that there's a story uh i think that i think probably there's a story for all uh positive outlook reactive and competency but at least in the in this moment as i'm thinking about it like uh the reactive type is is reacting to uh, like is creating a, a kind of narrative of um what the issue is and how like and, and what one's stance in relation to that issue is is it making sense yeah 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 I can relate to the idea that it's reactivity as a push. I mean, I guess maybe sometimes when I'm upset about something, it becomes like I can lose contact to whatever, however I'm being affected and replace that with just spewing out, you know, venomous reactions and just to get it out. And, and when it's done, it's like, all right, I'm done with this. I've moved on, you know, and forget about the whole thing. Yeah, but I, I think that, uh, like, I mean, what you're speaking to, and I'm not saying everything needs to touch us and affect us by any means, but I do think that it's generally speaking a way that uh, we maintain our sort of inner status quo. Uh-huh. Um, and it gives us the impression of whatever we think we're going for. So, like, for eight's reactivity, it gives the impression of that vitality and power and strength, right? It's like, boom. Right. Um, but often that pushing is the dissociation of eight that keeps things from affecting you and feeling the kind of real like pressing into the moment quality that eight is seeking in their heart. Mm-hmm. And you now, know, for, sorry, David. I was say it's how eight it, part of how eight is doing boundaries, gut boundaries exactly. is pushing yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, and speaking for my own type, uh, reactivity as it shows up in four, this like intense burning frustration, uh, feels like depth feels like i'm bringing depth by it because i'm really getting into the real stuff about my my inner experience and um like and it just it's got a a, an emotional potency to it that i feel like it you know it's it's in it but in a sense it's reactivity is a substitute for actual depth which is much more um open free and mysterious than like the very familiar game of my reactivity and then i think for six it's like there, there's been certain stories and perspectives that actually occlude the curiosity that that would allow for the experience of perceiving something real or true that six is longing for. Hmm. Yeah, for me, and this is like a big six, like how we get our, I mean, I, I think 
I wanted to hear about like the eight and the four because I'm I'm making up the story in my head that you guys have less stories about your reactivity than sixes do. I think one of the ways, I mean, sixes, I think, really judge themselves for the reactivity. Like that, what you were speaking to Emika of like, I have this like big reaction and then like clean, it's over, it's done. I don't think that's what a six is doing at all. It's lingering mm. and we regret our reactive response often. You did a morally and, bad thing by being reactive. Yeah, super ego. Yeah, and this, you know, here I am, like, doing all this stuff to kind of build a support system built to establish resources and things I can rely upon, and now I've freaked out, and I've put that at risk. Mm -hmm. And so, for me, I think one of the, and then I think where the six also gets in trouble with it is trying to discern the difference between what's reactive versus receptive. and. So part of like, I think what we're speaking to around the idea that your harmonic group or sort of emotional pattern is a way of sort of disassociating from presence, you know, true receptivity, you'd have the full range of emotion, right? It, you wouldn't have a habitual pattern mm. in yeah. terms of your reaction. And that's what's happening with all nine types. There's a reactive pattern that is not necessarily reflective and receptive to the full reality. Hmm. That's, that's interesting to think about. I mean, I hear it all the time. I mean, like I'll have a certain story going and then you can present five facts that are, and I'll realize that I've left out all the positive stuff of the story. Right. I've, hmm. I, I have literally not seen the positive facts. Yeah. I think that's important that, that reactivity is, is almost entirely negative. Like, I, I don't know if there's any, I, I, I can't say if there's anything positive to it, but it's always assuming that there's a negative story behind things or that I'm going to expose the negative or, um, you know, like the, the, what reactivity is it really a strategy for with these types is to get it like I need, like I need a baseline sense of what's real and true. Like I need mm -hmm. to know where you're at. I need you to know where I'm at and then we can, we can move forward. But if we can't locate each other, uh on a, like a certain kind of felt sense emotional level there's no no point in anything and but four six and eight get you know put so much energy into that that it almost can and they can over overreact so much that it can undermine um being able to hear each other because you're reacting so much or you're telling so much story around your reaction that there's that the kind of meet, meeting that you're seeking there's there's a miss or a or a opposition there. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I I can definitely see that. With I, I mean, that's one of the things I had to tell myself over the years is that I never need to try to <laughs> amp up my eightness because it's, it's it's already too much. And you know, the point of reactivity or being real, and you know, provoking and antagonizing people, I, that's necessary to some degree, but when it's too much, it's like, you know, you miss the whole point. Like, what's the point if you put someone so far that whatever it is that you're trying to get them to realize or see that they're so battered that they can't even fucking hear mm -hmm. <laughs> anything, you know? So um, that's the issue for me. It's like, it, it can be like a reactivity train where I just 
everything I see is negative and I, the more I, I focus on it, the more negative stuff I see. And, and it's like just blowing off the steam before I know it. It's like, why did you go on this negative fucking train for the last five minutes? Why? <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. dragging people down. Um, like it's, you know, like I don't realize it until it's like, wow, I just, uh, you know, needlessly just focused on this one fucking negative train of thought for this long. And does it have like a ranting quality for you? I mean, I, I can definitely rant, but it can be more like, um, I guess I can just occupy a position where it's a sneer, like where I'm just constantly undercutting anything good and it's just relentless and it's not necessarily loud or, or, um, you know, ranty. I mean, although it can be if I'm really provoked by something, but for the most part, it's just like on a general level, it's just present something and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna cut the legs off. And I mean, there's a fun way to do that, but there's, there could be a like sort of demoralizing way that I could do that to people for sure. I have a question for you, Emika. Yes. So, um, I don't, um, if you're not in the mood to like rant, if you're not there, um, it kind of sounds like you don't like how it can kind of take you over a little bit. So if someone else is like ranting or venting to you, does it drag you down at all or does it not affect you? Oh, so somebody's on a negativity train. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm already there. Like it's, it's, it's kind of like, uh, (laughs) yeah, like other reactive types seem normal to me. Like if you're having a bad day and you're just, you know, or whatever it is, and you're having a negative reaction to something, I think that that is the right reaction to have. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So when, when people present neutral points of views about things or positive, positive, or it could be better, I think they're bullshitting me. And they're bullshitting themselves. Yeah, so, I have the same reaction. I I distrust it. So uh, I, if you're negative, I trust. If you're negative, I trust you more. Mm. That's yeah. probably why I like sixes so much. <laughs> <laughs> so as a positive outlook, I've got double positive. I'm reframing y'all's negativity as a positive, which is <laughs> that you're <laughs> that you are getting at that you are getting at truth. I mean, I've seen it in my connection to my long-term, long-time friend who's a four uh, that I used to live with. And like, we kind of deepened each other's, you know, psychologically, whatever, emotionally, because he was forcing me to see things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I mean, it's like that. It's like that new term that they're using instead of reactive emotional realness, right? I don't know like that term, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's getting at where's somebody really at. Like, I don't trust. I mean, it's kind of what you said. I don't trust unless I'm getting a negative story. So where is this person really at? Come on, you know what I mean? So, and I got a lot of that from my four friend, and it kind of. you know, it was a good balance. So that's how I'm positively reframing it all. You know, one thing that I find interesting that we're talking about finding out where someone is really at, but from the assumption that it has to have negativity in it, I I just realized, why is that? Like, they could be somewhere (laughs) 
not negative, but it's like it's not a real thing unless it's negative. I mean, that's that's how I feel. If you don't include what's fucked up uh, or what's not good about a situation, then I, I I don't I think you're lying on some level. But that's kind of crazy, right? That's yeah, that's a little mm. bit nuts. <laughs> well, that's what I mean around these assumptions that we have to give up. Like we're invested in that story. Yeah. And you have to be willing to see actually there's real truth that we miss by being negative. Mm -hmm. It's an, and it's not an, it's not either, or it's an, and just, just just like with the positive outlook, because you can shit on the positive outlook group and they're (laughs) missing a whole bunch. Well, then what's the story that competency types have to give up that we can't do it all. Maybe that sort of objective machine, like, um, I don't know, performance or comportment isn't real. Or that making things, uh, making things work. Like there's maybe, I think sometimes I feel like um, threes, fives, and ones default to, there's a way to make this work. Uh, it's very neutral. like or Even objectivity itself. Yeah. I think there is something also about emotions, right? Where, you know, when you're in a sort of a present state, the emotion can just feel ephemeral, right? You can just notice it coming and going and you don't necessarily do anything about it. You just notice it. And that I think is in some ways like the upside of the competency type is they're not, they're not acting on the emotion. Yes. And there's at times where it's that idea of like the, like the ocean, like there's waves on the top, but other that it's just on the top. There's a lot of other stuff going on under the surface. And, you know, I think they're mistaking like, a, they're like the competency type is mistaking. Like I need it to be flat all the way up. So that's the part that they're missing. But I think there is this, one of the things that's good about the competency types is they understand that something can be happening in the moment, but that doesn't mean you don't need to make a bigger story about it than it's just happening in the moment. Hmm. So I guess the positive, positive types are going up, reactive types are going down, and competency types are just staying level. Emotionally. Yeah, so the attempt. That's the attempt. Yeah. yeah. The attempt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say we stay level. <laughs> but yeah, I think um yeah, I think that sense that like the competency types do think that there is there's some way to actually like know something and to like move through it. And as a, going back to that thing about the the negative assumption about things, uh, like I can't describe how profoundly negative my like outlook on everything is like how horrible I think everything is and like how much I just feel like everything's got like a, everything's got a rot underneath it. And like, Mm -hmm. there's a few things of like pleasure or something, but it's like, yeah, it's like, I just, I just see that so vividly. And so uh, I've had experiences that I would say are like objectively positive, but they like almost don't stick the way something negative does. And I feel like everything reinforces that negative point of view. That's a good point that comment that you made about having positive experiences, but they just kind of, you know roll off your back um and it's just funny to look back on even like looking back on past relationships how 
you objectively there are there were some good things like you know really good things and then maybe there were some really bad things but um in my mind I'm I'm just running a train on on what was just you know the worst fucking thing about everyone or that relationship but you know on a neutral from a neutral standpoint like and this is something that competency types and positive types remind me of is like you know what what are some good things about what happened <laughs> and then it's like oh <laughs> yeah it, it's like uh you know i i feel like i'm already in such a state of uh disappointment and feeling like everything is perpetual degradation and humiliation that like if i allow myself to uh experience the positive uh, I, you know, I've had many times where I have, I've reached the chasm, reached over the chasm of, of emptiness to be like, okay, maybe this is a good thing only for that thing to be taken away even harder. <laughs> and so, uh, I don't want to like, I don't want to, I don't want to keep doing that. I don't want to yeah, attach yeah. to something in a way that I think that there's some genuine hope in because, uh, only thing that's like genuine is just like how we're fighting to stay attached to things uh as everything is being ripped away constantly mm -hmm. yeah i i think there's certain experiences that um you know as an eight that i'll be like you should you should be more open to people and and not see the worst in everyone and then the one time that you do believe that someone has a good heart or whatever and and they fucking burn you and and betray your trust in some kind of way then you just like double down, you know, for me, it's like yeah. double down on, on just being an asshole and, and keeping the boundary up until maybe I forget and, and get a little bit loose about it again. And, and eventually something like that happens again, or maybe I think maybe what eventually happens is I just become more guarded in certain areas that I've been burned. Like, I just don't, once it happens once or a couple of times, I'm just like, I can't happen again. I'm not going to, I'm not just going to let, leave the door open for and just assume that people are going to do right by me no like it's just yeah. gonna be just gonna be shut <laughs> that's, that's very reactive or rejection type too it's just like i'm cutting it off yep I'm cutting it off now <laughs> i wish i could cut it off because as a four uh i just like i'm like just, there's like a perpetual inner self-abuse you know of like i just always like frustration the affect of it has a fire quality like it has a burning like i think that's why people envision hell uh as fire because it like feels like you're just being both ripped and burned and so like i just am amazed at how much i can go find like new pain in old <laughs> shit like i can renew the pain so effortlessly and just keep going through it and keep going through it and it's like the negative the, the reactive negative stance at least prevents me from having to deepen how deep that pain can reach inside me. You know what I mean? It's like, mm. it, like I can tolerate it at like, like at this level, but if it keeps going to the next level down, then it's like, is there going to be anything left other than just the constant churning, searing, you know, burn? Is there going to be anything in my experience that I can hold other than the burn? And so it's like, if I keep it, keep the negativity i don't have to reach to the positive to have that taken away from me again like later on so do you have a sense like some of that is because i was just thinking about the story for the four that negativity equals depth 
And like what we've been exploring is actually that the reactivity stories, to some extent, the opposite is actually what's true. And I guess I'm wondering, is there some like, almost like kind of like, if you stayed with a particular pain and like just sort of went deeper into it, like would the positive come out of it almost? And so it's like, you just go on to the next thing rather than sticking with the pain of that first thing. I, I think so. The way, the way I experience it is like, like I feel like I'm experiencing some, some painful stuff right now that I don't want to go into, but uh, it's like, it's like a I'm trying to I'm trying to get words for this, but it's sort of like there's some searing pain, and then there's a little bit of like I can ignore it, and then I go back to searing and ignore it. And there needs to be some kind of understanding to come in. It doesn't relieve the pain or fix it, but it actually kind of like kills the thing that was reacting. Like. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit more freedom, like there's a little bit more things can like deepen. But we, as we talked about in our, like a couple of weeks ago about what freedom is like, um, freedom is like very, it's freedom is also a loss. And so uh, in grief, it's not always like, it's not always like, oh, it's great. And I'm, I feel renewed and transformed. Like you can have more wisdom and more consciousness, but usually the the process of becoming more conscious is one of suffering. And so. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I, I ho- is this making sense? Yeah. Yeah. Somewhat. I, I, I guess there is no other side, you know, the deeper you go into it is what I think you're trying to say. Yeah. It's like, it's like, there's, um, I think that life is a process of individuation and individuation is a process of suffering. And that, uh, as we go through life and suffer, there are, there's useful suffering and there's useless suffering. And the useful suffering is harder to get it. It requires more to get it. And it is scarier because it involves a profound change in self. So often fours get caught up in useless suffering, which doesn't feel useless to them. They don't recognize it as useless, but it's a, it isn't a kind of useless suffering as an avoidance of the real suffering that would involve a what would feel like a loss of being able to locate who and what they are feel feel like a loss of locating that that unique ideal identity that we you know i i was just reviewing the fucking silence of the lambs uh pod earlier today and that we're talking about that like for ideal identity it's like you sort of feel like you got your hands around something of self, something of identity, and then this kind of actual, like, useful suffering uh, changes it and empties it out, which is terrifying. So, uh, yeah, just suffering in all directions. Yeah, because for me, like what we were talking about earlier, you know, I don't know if you guys have done a pod on it yet, but the idea that there's a passion for each nine of the types, which is this core suffering um that almost like a fall from grace or um a fundamental disconnection um and like at least as i've been taught and like think about it you know there's there's this idea of a fixation which to me is like a mental habit that we do to try to like fix uh kind of distract our attention from the core suffering and 
I feel like the harmonic groups are sort of the emotional habit, which is what I was sort of saying earlier. And I guess what I hear John saying is it's what's tricky for the reactive types is there is some truth to if you want to grow and if you want to be present in the world, there is suffering. There's no getting around that. But it's almost like the quality of the suffering. And the reactive types can kind of confuse themselves and distract themselves from actually paying attention to what's really hurting them as sort of an essential loss of like a the attachment to personality. What is that costing them? And instead kind of skate on the surface of other stuff that's just bothers us. Right. It doesn't feel like the surface, but it is right. it nonetheless. It is. It is. Is a, is a surface. Yeah. 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 Because for me, like my experience of all that stuff that I do, you know, one of the ways that I've learned to calm myself down is to just sort of step back and say, wait a second, I'm just freaking out. Mm-hmm. Like, like I am, like, I'm just, it's not even scared. It's, that's not even the right word. It's just, I am, I am, I'm freaking out about whether this is going to work, the uncertainty, what's going on here. Is this the right choice? It all comes back to that sort of fundamental angst. And I do all this other stuff to, to mask it um, because there really is no solution to it. And it feels like this other stuff that I can complain about, there is a solution. So I'll just stick with, I'll just stick with that. Um, but underneath it, like if I can really see, I'm just freaking out. Like that's, that's what's happening. Hmm. And there's no, there's no solution to that fundamental freak out other than just to see it. So you're saying that a lot of times with, you know, sixes go off the handle about something. Um, it may not be that they're that invested in whatever the issue is that they're going off about. It may just be like, uh, generalized uh, anxiety and uh, freaking out about some, some maybe indirectly freaking out about this one thing when you're really in- anxious about something else. Is that? Yeah. I mean, I think John has this like really beautiful saying around, you know, there's a sensation in our body and we decide the sensation is an emotion and we feel an emotion and we come up with a story to justify the emotion. Hmm. And I, I think that's what's going on for the six all the time is I can literally feel like, I mean, I was like sitting across like the table from my husband the other day and we were just sitting there in this like nice moment. And like, I feel this sort of like skittishness, like what's next, what's next. And I immediately like start looking for something to complain about, start looking for some, a story to justify a feeling that just actually exists in me that has nothing to do with what's going on outside. It's like a, it's like a baseline fuel that you need to spool out or burn through. Yeah. You don't experience it that way. Um, I guess it's, it's different because it's not, it's not around thoughts that way. I, I I guess for me, it's more that, there needs to be a push, like, you know, let's say there's nothing happening. Well, I need to create some kind of aliveness and, you know, aliveness can come in very many different forms, but for me, it might just be stirring some shit up. Even if it's just like an audience of one myself, you know, just, I notice even, I imagine conflicts. I will, I will work myself up. Um, 
even before something's happening, before any conflict has begun, I anticipate wars with people. And I'm already like going through the motions of they're going to say this and then I'm going to say that. And I'm going to destroy them when I say this. And this is just imagining what someone might say um, in the future. Like, let's say I, I anticipate that there's going to be conflict with somebody. I'm already having that fight in my head. And that's just being with myself. And so just imagine what happens when someone actually does start some shit with me. There is like 15 pre-rehearsed in my mind, you know, <laughs> responses where I'm just going to, I am going to, they have no idea what they just got into. <laughs> is, it, is it disappointing if like you like prepare for like a conflict and the other person, and then you go ready for this conflict and the other person's just like, yeah, okay, that's chill. Um, it's, it's not necessarily disappointing. It's more like every single day, uh, of my life is a potential conflict. You know, like it, I, 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 I assume that this is what's going to happen. And, you know, I, I'm not necessarily rehearsing conflicts every day, but like, let's say I'm, I'm already annoyed with somebody and I, I can see that there is going to be friction and there's going to be potential. I'm already like without even trying like i'm already thinking of all the different things they're going to say and what i'm going to say in response and a lot of times it doesn't doesn't actually turn out that way but generally sometimes it does veer in that direction and i i already that's sort of the eight thing where those responses are already queued up that i might show one response and then that person backs off completely so it doesn't ever turn out to be the drawn out battle that i imagine it would be because people just back off when they, when they realize like how fucking immediate <laughs> you are with you know readiness for conflict and i think that's that's uh that's something i catch my personality doing a, a lot of the time is is uh just even you know i'm constantly doing conflict that when it presents itself it's like it feels like i was waiting for it to happen expecting it to happen and just boom you know so that's interesting because for me like i don't want conflict i want to be understood so i'm i'm expressing not because i want to have a fight with someone but because i want them to quote see me that's not for you it's very conflict based well i hope i'm using the right word because it's more about boundaries um and someone's going to push into you you need to push back so just you know maybe I might not say conflict because to me, it's just, um, this is how I'm going to push back. This is how I'm going to prevent you from pushing, you know, penetrating my boundaries. I'm, I'm going to push your boundaries. I'm going to push your buttons. Uh, so it's a way for me to maintain boundaries. So, but it looks like I'm fighting. To, to me, a piece of all this is part of what's adding some like static electricity and fever to the six modality in this space is that in contrast to four and eight four and eight <clears throat> as more individuated egos trust their own story mm. and whereas six is kind of you've you've got your story and then you don't even trust your own story kind of thing yeah well yeah i mean i think a lot of what's fueling the reactivity for the six is, and we sort of spoke about this on the object relations calls, very often we're doing something we actually don't want to do. 
Uh And now we're, and we haven't even bothered to check in to see if it's something we want to do or not. And so now we're doing something that's making us unhappy. It doesn't occur to us that that thing should, because the, the heart and the mind aren't really talking to each other. So I've got emotions about what's going on here, but I'm not going to change what I'm doing. That, so now, that's another now, version of non-individuation too. Right. Yeah. Right. So now I've got to, what do I do with this steam that's building up? Because I, I, I assume I, it's not going to result in change. I'm not going to take responsibility for it um, and shift reality necessarily. And so that's why for me, it's just like wanting to be heard because it's, this is the, this is, it's almost like another consequence like it's just one more consequence that the six is like trying to like anticipate and put in the in the grid. It has no more priority than anything else that I'm seeing in terms of like the effect of an action. And so I just, I need to put it out there, but it's not going to change the decision. If that makes sense. No, that does make sense. This phenomenon where a lot of sixes will <laughs> stay in a, stay in a situation, a group, a job or whatever it might be relationship that they hate, they disagree with, they disapprove of. And that, you know, they'll complain, maybe not to that person, but somewhere they'll start venting, but, you know, blowing off all this negative steam, but they don't actually leave that situation. Like the, the need to continue this uh, reactivity plus attachment thing where I'm still here, I'm not going anywhere, but I'm just going to complain constantly and be upset. And uh, a lot of times that's just a pattern that Sixers are playing, playing out. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to fucking complain. <laughs> and I think it's some of the doubting of ourselves and then also this, the superego stuff that we were talking about, you know, even as I'm complaining, I'm judging it. Right. And mm-hmm. so like when John was sort of talking about like how like everything is negative for me, even as I'm complaining, I know there's another perspective out there. So I'm not even trusting my own reactivity, even as I have to put it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I just so over trust my own reactivity. I'm like, I know there's other perspectives and they just don't count. (laughs) They're just like, they're just not seeing the real picture. Yeah. They don't, (laughs) from my point of view, it's like, I I know what the hell is going on. Right. You don't. (laughs) I see how bad things are. It's like, maybe, maybe I can force you to have a glimpse of reality. I mean, that's generally what I'm trying to do is um, get people to, 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 like, I mean, I think that's something I react to a lot of times with uh, positive types. My compulsion, the inner compulsion that I have is I want them to get a a really good idea that it is all rotten. It is all terrible. (laughs) And they're going to get that idea through me because I'm just going to cut their legs off every time. Again and again and again. And hope like, legs. It's <laughs> yeah. just gonna kill hope. <laughs> David, David and Nancy, uh, as non-reactive types, how do you experience reactive types or reactivity itself? Nancy, amazingly, I'm thinking. <laughs> Don't rush me, okay? Uh, epically. Um. Well, so I don't mind reactivity all that much because I relate to it a lot but I think that's kind of like my mental health um so like 
I don't find it that abrasive typically. Like I find positive types more abrasive. Um, Partly your secondary six. Yeah, maybe it's my secondary six. Like I get it. I understand where they're coming from. So generally I'll be, I'm like, Oh, we're on this train. Sure. I'll hop on. Like, uh, but I have a hard time doing that with positive types. Like I'm like, "Mm -mm, you're wrong. (laughs) I feel like, um competency types can neutralize tend to neutralize either one like they don't seem to react um generally too much either way i I I will react if it's a positive type though like if someone goes positive when i'm like going slightly negative i will go full negative (laughs) like nope you're fucking wrong and here's why and then like i can't stand it so I do react if they're a positive type and I'm like not in the mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were you about to say, Courtney? Well, I mean, I like my husband will say like, this is a waste of time. Yep. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Like, what are you going to, what are you going to do about it? Is anything going to change? No. Then why are we complaining? Like <laughs> what type <laughs> is your husband again? He's at three. Oh, <laughs> See, I don't, I That's interesting because I don't like it when people do that to me and therefore I don't do it to other people. So like, I don't like when competency types come at me with competency, (laughs) you know, like if I'm complaining, you better fucking let me complain. (laughs) And if someone's like, like I have a, I have a, a friend who will sometimes go competency on me and I'm like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. Uh, how, how do I, respond to um reactive types um well it it you know as a nine boy it looks like a lot of you know static happening and there's a you know a lot of jagged edges and it's red and it's um <laughs> you know it's uh, it's always uh, red it's, it's not it's not it's brown. feverish it's <laughs> feverish and it's yeah it's it's fiery and um so you know depending on the degree of it uh you know, as a nine watching, having watched myself be a nine, I, you know, I've kind of developed some skills to, to not engage. (laughs) Well, yeah, to not, to not take it, you know, like most nines kind of, if someone is a reactive type in their field, you know, you're kind of taking it on as a nine and you're needing to pour some heavy cream on it, right. To stop Mm -hmm. it. Um, Mm -hmm. But like, like uh, I've developed the capacity to, you know, just, it's not mine, right? I'm just observing, I'm just observing them spin out on their, you know, friction spark flying thing that they're doing, right? You know, so there's that aspect that it seems like a lot and it's, um, uh, but it's also, um, you know, like I need, I'm pretty conscious of, and maybe this is partly having seven and four, I'm pretty conscious of knowing that I need, you know, very opposite energies to mine in order to just galvanize and mobilize for anything at all, or else I'd just not even leave the bed kind of, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it looks like a certain iteration of life force, you know? So does it not? I would have made up the story that it causes you to like kind of check out or it could cause you to check out kind of like need to like, this is way too much. 
I need some more padding think, here or I need some more space sure. between. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yes, I mean, that's, that's, you know, it's, uh, it's, a uh, we're talking decades here of whatever kind of, uh, widening of consciousness around this stuff and sort of giving myself more options in terms of reaction. Right. And, mm -hmm. and, and again, you know, a kind of stepping back and, uh, and probably yet another nine comfort, self comforting, right. But a capacity to, um, to just observe it. And, you know, there's a part of me that, you know, as a seven fix, it's entertainment, right? It's like giddy, like, haha, look at them spin out and do that shit they do, right? Mm -hmm. Or whatever. Um, so I'm funny to you, David? Yeah. You're, you, you guys are. <laughs> Good to a joke. know that whenever I vent to you, you're just laughing at me. I oh, amuse yeah, you. you. Are, <laughs> yes, you're a clown. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. No, I mean, it's. Um, it's just a, uh, a different, you know, this is probably, again, nine, just all iterations of fucking nine. But, you know, philosopher of the universe, right? Like, I'm supposed to be able to, this is an underlying unconscious thing, be able to take anything that you can throw at me, including extreme reactivity, right? Like, I'm supposed to be able to, I'm the ocean. And, you know, like I've said before in another pod, you know, throw in a, a nuclear bomb, go ahead. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just going to absorb it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I need, I need to be able to stand the ages, you know what I mean? Last for millennia. And uh, yeah, so there's kind of an ego piece about being able to handle anything. Right. So that's part of my, how I'm interfacing relative to reactivity. Ooh, how do you guys react to the other reactive types? I am um, in a relationships with reactive types. And like, I mean, there's a certain, certain shared perspective, but it can also really easily turn into like, basically like, here's my reactive story. Look at it. Mm -hmm. And it hurting the other person somehow. And you guys hurting each other back. <laughs> uh <laughs> So there's that. And um, like, so now being with a positive outlook type, uh, you know, I think I'm sure I'm exhausting. No doubt I'm exhausting. But uh, I think that there's also a way that opens up a space where both the positive and the reactive perspectives can be accounted for in a way that I can, like, at least I feel my reactivity lightening some to some degree. Um, so yeah, with other reactive like and friendships, it's usually pretty easy with reactive types. Like, yeah, uh, I do have a thing where I'll I'll get in trouble with sixes sometimes. Like <laughs> what? Yeah. I know. Shocking. There's there's like like you know sixes will like often have like a sort of like an expectation, like a relational expectation of something of like we're friends, so this means this or this. And sometimes I just don't, I don't. It doesn't compute, you know. And so like. <laughs> I have to like sometimes with certain six friends, like every couple months, like kind of clear the air. Because <laughs> <It's like, laughs> they'll, they'll just be driven crazy by some shit that I don't realize I'm doing that's obnoxious or inconsiderate or something. So I need to add on to my thing. I hate sixes. 
<laughs> you know, like I knew what, I was supposed to come on this one for a reason. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I think that's all I had. I just wanted to announce that. <laughs> <laughs> also, why he's dated so many sixes. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, most of my long-term relationships have been sixes. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. I mean, like those are the only ones I've had several year relationships with. So hence the bitterness. But it's a lot of hate fucking. There's yeah. a lot of that. Um, it's a lot of, yeah. I mean, well, it's like a part of what I was saying earlier. I kind of need there to be some against the grainness, yes. you know, just to, uh, and, um, you know, I hate them the most. So that's the most against the grain I can <laughs> find out. <there>, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, but it's, I mean, it's, but it's funny because I mean, you say that and then there's all these sixes that are around that, yep. that have been my friends for years. Right. I mean, but I still have to say it. Yep. You know, <laughs> that, that is the one thing that I love about uh, other reactive types is I can be my hateful ass, you know, hater ass self. And they're going to be like, yep, that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I almost experience like I'm, I'm actually more positive around other reactive types. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, I already know mm-hmm. that's covered now. I don't yeah, have to worry yeah, about that's that. True. That's, that's true. interesting. Yeah. That's oh. very true. Yeah. I can relax when I'm, yeah. you know, I'm around people that are coming from this perspective. I, I start to get really antagonistic around, um, you know, sometimes positive types or not necessarily competency types. Don't, um, they're more neutral. So they don't really get as much of a rise out of me. But when I feel like this stuff this negative point of view isn't being covered, then it it's like I have to I have to turn it up, you know. It's just happening unconsciously. It's like, wait, <laughs> wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. Like then it becomes this thing where I was like, I'm gonna make you experience this thing that you're obviously purposely ignoring to piss me off or whatever. You know, like whatever <laughs> story that I'm telling myself that this person is being obnoxious, obnoxiously positive despite me <laughs> the way you said that it me it made it sound that like if the if the reactive or negative side isn't covered the universe might in fact explode absolutely like, <laughs> you were like no 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 someone's got to have this covered absolutely like it's well it's it just feels like it feels like um lies like it feels like outright lying like i feel i, I think there's a an aspect of the reactive types where um, the truth has to be represented and everything sucks. Everything sucks. And And for, and for me, it's like, you're checking out, you're not paying attention. Like you've fallen asleep and that's why you haven't noticed this thing, this bad piece, or you're biased and you're talking your book and are invested in making yourself or making the situation look better than what it really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels so, disingenuous. It for feels, me, it's, uh, yeah. For me, it's like uh, you're only like content with understanding the surface of things, and if you like looked under the surface, you just see this horrifying, empty void underneath everything that you care about. Mm-hmm. But yeah. why is it y'all's job to bring in the negative? Like, well, why? I'm, I'm involved. Like, if I'm yeah, not involved, there's I'm, so much bullshit around. <laughs> it's for me. It's more like if I have to deal with you. You know, like you can do whatever the fuck you want to do over there. I don't care. 
But if, <laughs> if I have to deal with you, then it's almost like this is the air that I have to breathe. Then it has mm. to it has to actually contain oxygen and oxygen. Mm. Okay. Ask, like it's being, if you're not being realistic, that's the way I frame it. You're not being realistic about the situation or about whatever it is we're talking about. Then there's no oxygen here, and I have to bring in oxygen because I need to exist in this conversation with you. It's not concrete. It's not like happening in this world. It's not real. It, yeah. We're not having a real conversation. Like, stop bullshitting me or yourself. Interesting. But yeah, I, I probably have the most uh, of the reactive types, you know, like what John said about uh, the superego of sixes, because there's a lot of reactivity around that and sixes need to get a reaction out of you. And, and a lot of times it's, there's no real grounding. It's more like, I'm going to accuse you of this and see how you react because I'm feeling one, you know, type of way of whatever anxiety or emotion I might be feeling. Sixes might throw out, throw out some stuff to see what sticks. And I have an issue with that. <laughs> where, oh, you like, do? Oh, interesting. You're, you're, you know, penetrating my boundaries with stuff. And I'm just like, okay, now I'm just going to pound you, pound you into the ground. Like, so it's this reactivity train that happens where, so of course, they, I mean, it's not going to work out for you is what I'm saying. You can try it. You can go ahead. But uh, where I'm going to pin you, because, you know, the six can't necessarily locate how they, uh, they're not really fully invested in the accusation. So I'm going to just lean on it and then it falls apart. That's kind of becomes the eight, six sort of reactivity cycle is, you know, a six might try something out, but they're not. I'm like, if you're going to go there, then let's really go there. And I'm not, I'm, I, then I really go there and then it evaporates. Then I just like, you know, punish them for not having solid grounding and the cycle repeats itself. <laughs> so it what were you saying, like Courtney? Sixes, it sounds like sixes don't really like to be around you. <laughs> oh, they love it. They, they, sixes love, it. love Amica for some reason. That's great. They love it. I think what Courtney's saying is she doesn't like being around you. <laughs> oh, be, that's not true. Be emotionally real, Courtney. <laughs> yeah, say what you mean. Well, it's just so interesting because it like, I literally, because I like, I have a lot of nine friends and actually that's a very good match because it like, if you just say to me, that makes total sense to me. I totally get how you're feeling, like why you would feel that way. It, I call, I no, I like, I, I calm down very quickly. <laughs> That's my whole job and the relationships I've been in. <laughs> it's, it's super calming for a six. And it really does sort of like, like, I'm not crazy here. This is this. I'm seeing a part of reality. Everyone else has now seen it. They, they see that it's right. We can now move on. See, I, I like to go in the opposite direction. <laughs> like, that's why sixes love and hate me is I know that they're looking for solid footing. And I never give it to them. <laughs> no, that's the power spot for me, too, is knowing that they're looking for the ground and I'm representing the ground in some way. And I can either give it to them or not. So that's sort of the shadow piece of the relationship. Yeah, they, they don't call me something for sixes for nothing. Or sixes. <laughs> no, I'm giving them what they want. This is what they deeply desire. Something to complain about. It's amazing. Well, it's so interesting like, cuz you're using words around like punish. Like there's a there like there's a real sort of like uh, subject object like assumption for the 8 around reactivity. Yeah. 
that is not there for the six and the four. Oh, yeah. It, it, there's a power dynamic, right, that's being exerted. It's being established with the reactivity. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, like looking at eight descriptions, I don't think most actual eights would necessarily identify with this controlling power hungry whatever but it's looking at the way eights wield reactivity to control their space and it's more like you're you're not going to push me i'm going to push you and so whenever a situation someone whatever it is uh, like penetrates the eight boundary the eight reactivity is just going to amp up to just to let you know you if you step in into this zone there's going to be hell to pay so if you're gonna and part of it is like if you're gonna if you want to deal with me then you need to be real don't even don't even look in my direction if you're not ready to deal with that because i i'm not i'm not coming at like level one or two i'm coming at level 20 (laughs) you know like it's not don't like you need to be real don't be vague don't be uh, so but aids can use that as a way to push past any possibility like they can use that to control uh what people feel like they can do around them like because you know you're you're uh, uh, like around this person who could explode mm-hmm. and it's it's it you know eight in the body center it's coming with a lot of force and then it's a question of do i want you know even as an eight dealing with other eights do I want to deal with the amount of force that I'm going to have to amp up with to deal with this person if they're being reactive? Like when an eight is really getting reactive, that's a lot to deal with. And you either going to, you have two choices. You're either going to have to amp up to meet them or you're just going to have to back off. So that's, that's a form of control. Um, but it's not necessarily going to look like, uh, it may not look like this dictator type thing, but eights end up, you know, controlling their environment because people feel like there's a very limited, type of thing that maybe they can do or say around this kind of person otherwise they'd have to deal with the full brunt of their reactive explosion so what's missing for you in that like where do missing you with, with what like where do you listen to that narrative in yourself and say this is how i'm getting in my own way um i think i i recognize uh when I actually do want to make a connection with someone maybe in the attraction zone where um, I can push it too far, where the opposite of whatever, whatever I think, whatever I want is, is like, you know, it's actually repulsive. Like, you know, there's a sweet spot of, you know, being provocative, that's interesting and attractive. And then there's going too far and the other person doesn't have any room to breathe or like you're just too much. You're, you've overwhelmed, overwhelmed the person. And so um, I think it's effective for me in terms of keeping certain people out. Like I, I'm very good at maintaining certain boundaries and, and there's not, a, you know, like it's funny. I mentioned how like I don't really, there's not much drama around me circulating around because when it's time to cut the cord, I'm very good at just deleting people. Um, that shouldn't be in my life, but in a romantic space, it's that, that sort of thing isn't, isn't all that great because, um, inevitably my reactivity, um, towards the person I'm attracted to is going to go over, over the overboard. 
you know, so that's, that's where definitely I know that it's an issue. But other than that, you'd be like game on. Well, it's, I guess for me, it's, that's where I feel like I have less skillful control of it because that, that's where I have the most investment and that's where I amp up the most. But, you know, for example, socially, um, yeah, like I, I, like, it's very easy for me to modulate, you know, this person needs to go. So they're only going to get the worst of me, you know, like they're, I'm going to just chop their legs off every single time. I'm going to make it hell for them. Um, so it's, it, I can, I'm more outside of it, but I'm more in it romantically where I'm, I'm, you know, I'm more, much more identified with my reactivity there where in the social space, it's kind of like, I can sort of have more distance from my eightness. And so I can, I can direct that sort of unpleasant, venomous, whatever at certain people. Um, to get my social maneuvering, whatever needs met. There's an angry quality, right? To this, to the eight reactivity too. That's t- the language that you use. It's, it's much, it's, it's like, it, there's a force right behind it. Yeah. Like, it's violent. Yeah. There's an energetic, like there's a push. Yeah. And yeah. It's, and it's certain of itself as yes. opposed to six. Yeah. Yeah. That's, no. you know, I, uh, just dealing with other eights and just the that gets carried over and just how the eight self presents, you know, presents himself all the time. And I recognize how, you know, just if you didn't know the Enneagram or anything, and you're just listening to this person, what is being communicated by the tone of their voice? I, I was listening to my, my, I have an eight sister and uh, I was at my parents' place helping them out with some stuff and she was on the phone and I was just like, noticing you know if i didn't know who she was and i didn't grow up in this family where everyone talks like this what does she sound like i'm she sounds like someone you don't ever want to fuck with like you don't ever want to cross this person like the capacity for sort of energetic violence in the voice um and and i think that's kind of like an implicit form of you know the eight energy is so big and it's ready to rumble and you can feel that it's in the body, you know, like there's a, an implied threat, you know, just always ready. And, and being a reactive body type, there's just like, you know, you're a, a bomb that's waiting to go off. And that's a, that's a form of a, people can sense that. And it's like, well, I need to, I need to show up for real with this person or not. There's at like all. an, imp- there's implied action basically. Yes. In the reactivity in a way that there's not for the four and the six. Yeah. It mobilizes or can. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the, the language around eightness, leadership and things like that, and, and some, you know, eights, maybe not identifying with that kind of thing, but it's kind of like this fiery train that an eight can be on can really light people up, you know, like get a lot of people amped up in a certain direction. Um, even though you're not like, I'm not the leader, but I'm like the activator for something. It's like all of a sudden there's an explosion. I'm the explosion. And there's, you know, people around me that are affected everyone, you know, you light something on fire and you have this, you know, it's just an uncontrollably uncontrollable blaze at some point. And so AIDS can end up becoming like centers of energy where, you know, they amp up and get other people fired up and instigate you know, fucking rampage of some sort, you know, just get people moving. It's, it's, they are really activating people to go do something. Go raid right. the Capitol. 
<laughs> Capital riots. Right. I, I had a uh, so one of the Egyptian tour guides when we go to Egypt. Um, which, by the way, I think like I don't know if COVID's gonna end ever end, but if it does, we'll do. Uh, uh, I want to host uh, you know tours through mystical Egypt. But uh, when we went, we had this eight tour tour leader guy named Emil, who's this just enormously eight-ish eight like the eight, most eight eight i've ever met and uh you go to the temples he's like you activate the temple let's get activated he's always talking about activation <laughs> activate oh we activate the temple you know like this kind oh of God. he's always calling everybody in, in egypt a metnak which is like really really insulting and it's like a guy who gets fucked by other guys what <laughs> uh, yeah and it's like really insulting it's not just like oh you're you're you know something yeah. it's like it's like really insulting that culture and he's just going no nah, mcnack mcnack but he's uh yeah let's get activated and then so we go to luxor <laughs> and i guess like we were driving somewhere on this giant bus and uh he's like pull over and he's he like caught his wife just like walking around and he brings her on the on the bus he goes everybody this is my deactivator <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny yeah well nine so, i think so the oh. other thing that i like i was like i'm just like hearing this and like i i mean the six just has so much judgment around the reactivity and i think the other thing is mm. and we sort of spoke around like you know the head types everyone had there's arrogance in each of the types i think the head types you know we really believe that the head is the right way to process information Mm-hmm. Like that should, that's your, that should be the primary instrument. And then yet we can't deliver on that. You know, like then we're being reactive, <laughs> like, and, but I'm just sort of observing that like, there doesn't feel like a disconnect. If they feel in heart, a complementary in the eight around the action and reactivity. And for a heart type, it's like, this is my sweet spot. This, I'm just going to hang out here. So I think that's also part of what's happening with the six is the very things that I hold up and think I'm capable of. I also yet seem to shoot myself in the foot over and over again. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's part of why, um, well, I mean, for me, just six is always just splitting everything, you know, kind of um, yeah. like going one direction and then shooting yourself in the foot. Right. It's kind of like, 50 50 on everything it's sort of like a a stasis of opposites right and that's why it's like elementally you know something i despise right it's because it's <laughs> like because it's it, it's like absolute it's like it's like a living non-unity right it's like the embodiment of non-unity of opposites right it, it, and it and it seems to have no it seems to have no capacity to integrate the mid- in the middle and find the new something, right? That would reconcile. It just mm-hmm. stays in opposites, right? And so this is why I hate. <laughs> it, it reminds me last week when we were talking about the positive, or not, it wasn't last week, but the last time we talked about this, the harmonics, that nine they were all doing their own kind of version of positive outlook but nine seemed the least positive compared to two and seven because they were kind of bringing things to neutral and talking about four six and eight six feels the the least solid in their reactivity so like Mm. you know Mm -hmm. or doubtful of 
compared to four and eight, that they even should be reacting. Um, whereas, you know, eight will run a train on that reactivity and eight and four will do that just and not second guess it for one second. Yep. I think that's right. So it probably applies to three then in a certain way relative to uh, competency. Maybe maybe yeah. one, and one and five have a certain, uh, uh, I don't know, it's again an individuation that makes it more sealed. Yes. Know? Is there anything else we're missing about that we should? I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah. There's not some more bad stuff we could say about Courtney and sixes. I think there's always <laughs> bad stuff that we could say about Courtney. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, great <laughs> you know this this headset's significantly better than any it might be the best headset on the call right now so she's she leveled up yeah in a very short span of time congratulations takes when so face. little to please us <laughs> I, t- I take feedback <laughs> I, I i still feel the same about her though <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> she only improved from abject. <laughs> yeah. It's all relative. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the call where, like, the one that ended in complimenting me, this one's going to be the opposite, where it's just going to be yep. the music's going to well, come on and you guys are just going to be there, making fun no, of me. There, there's no other guests that we give a hard time to. So, <laughs> it's it was true. a special place in our hearts. Is what, this is our social blind, uh, loving way of loving. Yeah, everyone else were like, wow, that was great. Thanks so much. <laughs> and then they leave the call. Then we start talking shit. Yeah. yeah then, then we forget about them. <laughs> this is, well, it, feel, this it is, feels really good. <laughs> this is six compliments and denigration. Yeah. There's no integration. I mean, listen, if you're foolish enough to come back on this podcast, then you are going to get it. <laughs> well, I, w- I wasn't trusting you guys before, so now I do. Oh, now you know we're right. <laughs> real. We're finally being real. I gotta get going because I have a courageous group, but uh, Courtney, always love having you on, and people are the thirstiest for Courtney episodes. People ask me all the time for Courtney stuff. <laughs> Are you bullshitting now? I am. I, I am being real. Yeah. Let me tell you. All compliment. I'll provide the balance. I hated having you here, and I hope you never come back. I hope you never come back. I'm completely neutral. So. <laughs> well, I'm just a foil for you guys to lay whatever you want out on the table. Yeah. Perfect. Real. Yeah. Why am um, I bringing the positive outlook here?